1: my name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast. Where this week we will be uh, discussing Faster. Uh, I am uh, joined by Christian McClansky. I think I got that right. Uh, Christian, McClans- you know, yeah, yeah. You know, don't, don't don't even
2: give me a name. Just say podcaster. Ah.
1: I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> uh, Christian McClansky, why don't you give us uh, tell us a little bit? Oh, oh, and also uh, Kelly Wand. Uh, before we go to the Christian McClansky uh, basic synopsis, Kelly Wand, do you have a tagline for us for Faster?
3: Oh, so his first name's Faster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Dingus, tell us about this movie Faster. What 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 is this thing? Right, don't well, don't this spoil thing, don't spoil it. By the way.
2: Oh, I'm not going to yeah. spoil it.
1: Okay. Don't worry. This is
2: going to be bare bones. Okay. Um, huh. I'm just I'm just setting the table. There's no food yet. <laughs> this week we saw Faster, an action drama movie directed oh. by George Tillman Jr. and written by the brothers Tony and Joe Gayton. Uh, the film stars Dwayne Johnson as an ex-con looking to avenge the death of his brother who was murdered when their bank robbery crew was ambushed by another crew. This film is rated R for strong violence, some drug use, and language.
1: <laughs> and Dingus, you don't think any of those were spoilers? Because I, I, those were all spoilers, I thought.
2: Oh, I apologize.
1: Okay, but that's probably the the basic stuff that the average American moviegoer is going to know before they go in to see Faster, isn't it?
2: That's what the ba- That's sort of along the lines that
3: of the. So the movie spoilers. rating's a spoiler. That's what Tom's saying. If it, say, if
1: it says drugs and violence, you go ah. Oh great. Well, I'm thinking more of the the stuff about the the bank robbery, uh, crew getting jumped by another crew, and, like, all that stuff is a reveal, like, fairly, not late, but but later in the movie. This is one of those movies that it doesn't explain a lot early on, and it slowly layers the stuff in. Now, hypersensitive guys like me and Dingus, who don't want any spoilers, would have hated knowing that stuff. Most people, though, I'm sure, are okay with that.
2: That's I think that all that stuff is in the first line of uh, or some some version of it is in the the first line of the IMDb page. IMDb page.
1: No, right, no, and I'm not impugning your job. Dingus as far as like the bare bones. I just am, <laughs> I'm just reiterating that I I I hate how people sell movies. <laughs> I agree with you.
2: <laughs> all right, that's why, to That's why we I are... only listen to the the preview of uh, Batella. Or Battala, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> Tala. Uh, so, so Ke- Kelly Wand, why don't you now break it down more and give us some serious spoilers Why don't you tell us like what exactly happens in this movie? Who does what to whom, when, and how?
2: Just to
3: clarify, so just so mm-hmm. I understand my role in Dingus' role Dingus' role is to give a synopsis that reveals nothing that people who didn't see the movie will, will get but people who saw it will be bored by And then I spoil the movie for everyone who just listened to Dingus's.
2: Thing. So. It's it's for people who are like, w- which one is this? And they can just listen which... to me and go, oh, no, no, I don't want to listen to this yet. I don't want to spoil Kelly's wonderful synopsis until I've seen the movie, and then I can truly enjoy sitting down.
3: So they uh, listen to you, stop listening,
2: see the movie, and then listen
1: to the rest of the podcast. <laughs> well, iTunes right. will save... That's how we've formatted this. iTunes will so save <laughs> where you stop listening. Like, if you just hit stop and you come back later, iTunes... Remembers where you are, so that works.
3: Should not we just end the podcast with Dingus's review, the synopsis for next week's things, with spoiler free?
1: I don't want to know the stuff. I don't the stuff. Like I said, the stuff Dingus just now said. I don't want to know that before I go to. So they're
3: or... both spoilers, and you, you. But you, you would listen to neither of them.
1: I would not listen to any podcast that had the title of a movie <laughs> that I was going to see. I would not even press play on that. But it
3: seems like everyone who listens to us does just that.
1: Not everyone is freaks, like Dingus and I are freaks. So, yeah. All right, All right now that you've added us, Kelly Wand, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit yeah. more about Faster? I'm, I'm looking forward to this very out. much, Kelly Wand. Like, some movies I watch, and I think, I can't wait to hear how Kelly Wand breaks this down. And this this is one such movie. Well, mm-hmm.
3: uh, I did what I could. It's hard to improve on perfection, but here's my outing, as you call it. Uh, a fastopsis, rock and a legal roll term, right. the Latin term. Um, all right, here's what I got out of it anyway. I don't know what Dingus is talking about. Uh, so this <laughs> tooth fairy named Rock is in prison, but they let him out early for good behavior, like killing a bunch of other inmates who all want to kill him because he doesn't go looking for trouble, but he doesn't back away from it either. And <laughs> prison inmates hate that more than anything which I can attest to. Um, And the warden's clock is loud, so he asks the warden where the exit is because he doesn't know, and they show him because that's standard procedure in prison. And he runs to a classic car (laughs) under a tarp that nobody stole. And uh, he finds a gun under the seat that nobody stole, and he goes to a telemarketing place, and he shoots a guy with red hair, and gets away because he's inconspicuous. And uh, we find out the guy with red hair stole all the money Rock made in a bank heist. And slit his brother's throat instead of using the gun they had on him. But bank heists don't pay as well as telemarketing. So
4: <laughs>
3: so Rock kills another guy who's raping his underage neighbor right then. So we know the Rock's heroic. And then uh, Billy Bob Thornton shows up. Uh, to the Big Lebowski music, and he's a rumpled cop on heroin under a toupee. He's on heroin under a toupee. <laughs> and he tells the smart detective, uh, Carla Pugino, uh that he's been assigned to a murder case, which she never confirms, so she's not smart. And uh, Billy Bob has a fat, doughy-faced white son, who sucks at baseball, even though the kid's mom is Moon Bloodgood.
4: <laughs>
3: and she wants him to go to rehab, but not as much as she wants the heroin that she knows he keeps in his back pocket whenever he's on murder investigations. <laughs> so Rock gets a list of the character actors he wants to have scenes with, um, I like can Kill Bill. Uh, From some guy who tries to get his Samoan bouncer to beat Rock up. But the bouncer sees Rock has a tattoo that ghosts get on their arms. So he runs away. (laughs) And we find out Rock has a metal plate in his head, like in Kill Bill. But they didn't put a steel plate on his brother's throat. So his brother died. And, uh... He goes to see Dexter's sister because they had a baby together, but she aborted it, so he leaves. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, there's this British guy who conquered yoga by doing it for a couple seconds in his uh, marble bathroom. And he's banging uh, Shannon from Lost, and he's rich, even though he charges only a dollar a kill. <laughs> but he's rich because he's killed, like, 50 million people. <laughs> But Shannon wants him to quit that and marry her, because the man she loves isn't a killer, and he's also poor and not British. That's what she wants. Uh, so that's why they're together. And they say stuff, but I couldn't hear much of it over the warden's clock. So Rock kills some more people who killed his brother. It took a lot of people to do that. Um which that guy who compiled the lists based on Rock's verbal descriptions because he's really talkative, and Rock finds one of them, but the guy's married and super religious, so Rock sadistically spares him instead of letting him go to heaven. (laughs) And another guy, he killed Son, tells him on the phone he's going to kill him, almost like in Kill Bill, but he never does like in Kill Bill. And Billy Bob turns out to be the supervillain, because being a disgraced uh, homicide detective with a drug habit pays better than stealing bank heists and killing brothers. Plus, his heroin addiction's a good cover for keeping IA off his ass. And uh, he shoots Rock and the metal plate on his head, even though Carla Gugino told him about the plate. Uh, And the British guy cries and leaves because he didn't do anything for the whole movie. And then Rock comes back to life. And Billy Bob asks him how, even though he knew about the metal plate, because Carlo Gugino told him. So Rockery explains it to him, and then he shoots him. And then he takes Billy Bob's fat kid, who's now an orphan, and he gives him to Dexter's sister, who's now sleeping with the preacher guy, who's Siamese twin. It turns out it's Maggie Grace and the Japanese chick from Fable all along.
1: The end. (laughs) Oh, very nice, Kelly Wan. (sighs)
3: I hope I didn't leave anything out. <laughs>
2: I'm just
1: so that's happy just to
3: problem. know
2: why the killer was crying now. I didn't really put that
3: together. <laughs>
1: he didn't do anything.
3: Yeah, they just tacked him on. Well, he he did, was great.
1: Well, he must have done... What did he do? He, uh, well, he doesn't kill anybody, so he's he not even worth a,
2: a dollar. <laughs> Very effective That's a refund. But he drives inconspicuous cars.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's true.
1: Does he not shoot anyone? Come on, really? I guess not. He shoots that. at somebody. He does lay down some suppressing fire, which is no. Never, no, he he shoots Dwayne Johnson in the throat. Oh yeah, yeah, but he misses him enough, So, right. that, so that a couple stitches from mom uh, fixes that up. That's that.
3: Yeah. I and he tells he tells Shannon's Grace that the other guy's faster, even though he never shot back. But he knows he's faster. Am I wrong?
2: Uh, he shot back a lot. They had a whole
1: gunfight in the hallway. You oh,
3: yeah, that's true. Yeah, the guy was... Like, about...
1: All right, never no. Like I say, I think the guy was really good at suppressing fire. I, I think as far as assassins go, if you need an assassin to just lay down some suppressing fire, that guy would be worth the dollar, I think. But
3: then it, neither of them kill each other because Rock runs away. And then... Ah, oh, like, he ran away. I can't catch him. He's oh. fast. didn't... Yeah. Fast. He's yeah. faster than me. runs fast. That's but why it, but it he's
2: called. And he's pure. It could have been called pure, too, because he also says The Rock is pure.
1: Okay, first of all, good golly, man, I hated the title. What a horrible title. I, I just hated <laughs> well,
4: the
3: horrible it, title. It, it would have been good much. if it meant something. It wasn't fast. It wasn't a fast movie. Like Crank, that title works because it's kind of about Crank.
2: Right. right. Crank. I, I imagine yeah. they started with something else, but all other one-word titles were used, like Driver. <laughs> uh, yeah.
3: Killer, third guy, blonde woman. bad script you Um, know these actors were a lot of great actors are in this I thought that just get sent up the river by this terrible script by Tony and Joe Gayton, who wrote The Salton Sea yep which you guys must like because Peter Sarsgaard's
1: in it I I don't remember a lot of specifics about Salton Sea but I do remember not disliking it Mm. can you back me up on that Kelly Wand?
2: I didn't see it. I don't see movies with C's
1: in the title. (laughs) Dingus, do you know Salton
2: Sea? No, but I agree that you didn't dislike it. That you liked Val Kilmer's nose, I think.
1: You guys have not seen Salton... Salton Sea has a famous... uh, Well, I say famous. not famous enough. You guys haven't seen has a great opening. uh, But then it does one of those... Dingus would hate it. It has a great provocative opening, and then it... it, I don't know if it has a title card. Surely it does.
3: I thought Baster had a great opening, even. I love the first ten minutes of Faster. Everything up to and including the first shooting. And then it starts to suck, and then the movie happens. Oh, sorry. Getting back to salt and seas opening.
1: Well, Dingus would have hated it, because it, it does a really provocative, cool thing, and then I don't, I don't remember if there's a title card or not, but then it does a three days earlier kind of thing. Uh, no, just left. like
3: Skyline. Yeah. 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 Um, I never want to know what happened three days earlier. So I, Ridley Scott was saying the, he wants to make the Alien prequel, because he says prequels are better. What the fuck's he talking about? What is a prequel ever? <laughs> Name one prequel that's ever better, more interesting. That was like crazy used.
1: Oh, uh, like well, the, the, those are better. I mean, the, the three days earlier thing, and I've, I think I've talked about this before, is just I think when a filmmaker doesn't trust their opening material enough, they're like, you know, this is really boring. We should, we should give the audience something interesting first, and then we'll back up and do the boring stuff.
3: Just the three days earlier, the prequel to the next three days, that Russell Crowe movie.
2: You know, I don't understand that why filmmakers feel that way because the the beginning of the film is the one time you can actually get away with taking your time because we're there. I, I'm sitting there. I'm not going to get up and leave <laughs> in the first two minutes. I'm already there. So you don't have to grab me as if I'm about
1: to pay my ticket until I see that first scene, and then I'll pay my ticket. Well, Dingus, I, I, think, I, I think sometimes they do have to do that. Could you imagine how interminable the beginning of Skyline would have been if it didn't have that little front-loaded alien invasion. Now, I, I think that I'm glad <laughs> that they didn't do that in, uh, it, what was this movie called again? <laughs> in Faster. <laughs> because I, I think Faster has an interesting enough opening, and it trusts that it doesn't have to you know, show the bank robbery or, or show uh, the final shootout and then do three days earlier. Right. Uh, mm. So it, it depends on your material, and, and one of the, the few bits of insight that the guys who made Skyline had is that their movie is really boring for about thirty minutes? <laughs> so they need to do something to keep people from uh, getting really bored. Um, well, well, why not just cut it's that like... thirty
3: minutes? And then yeah, none make... of that
1: none of that stuff was necessary. Yeah. Um, so it's faster. So Kelly Wand, it sounds like Kelly Juan did not like Faster Dingus. Is that the impression you got from listening um, to the talk? Yeah, I, can, I think he's a little ambivalent. I think He is too. Hmm. But he said, Kelly Wand, you said like it. Get straight out bad. Is that what you said? And you, you. Im-
3: I liked. I was really enjoying the first few minutes of it, and I go, "Oh, this is better than I expected." And then, within ten, then the, the killer showed up, and I went, oh, no, no. <laughs> "Uh oh." Now
1: was it because he reminded. Now it can't be good. That was <laughs> it because he reminded you of Jake Gyllenhaal, and you were having unpleasant flashbacks to.
3: Pre- I was thinking I could be in that other Jake Gyllenhaal movie that has Anne Hathaway nude in it. And I think they're both playing their broke back characters.
1: Even though he's dead. Oh, this is that love and other drugs thing.
3: Aha, you knew the name of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, so uh Dingus, do you agree with Kelly Wan's assessment? No.
3: Yeah, and and uh-huh. I always never kid.
1: Oh. What? I could sort of see this coming. As I was watching, I was like, you know, I think Dingus is gonna appreciate this like I do, and Kelly Wan is gonna is gonna spin the podcast telling us we're crazy.
3: Oh, you're on his side. Awesome. Boy, are you guys
1: dumb. <laughs> uh, Dingus, why don't you why don't you uh, play apologist for this movie? What 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 did it do right?
2: Um, it looks. It reminded me of the way Payback looks. Uh, <laughs> we. I, I really liked it a lot. What? Uh, I really liked it. I, one of the things it does really well, and and Kelly is, I was pleased to, to hear Kelly at least liked up to that first, up to and through that first shooting, because it, this movie was constantly breaking my expectations in really good ways. And uh, and when he just goes and walks in and shoots that guy, everybody in my theater gasped, because you don't expect that. He just a steamroller in and do that. that part's and part's good. And then Billy Bob Thornton enters. Not I'm not talking about his uh, his toupee scene, but but his entrance to um, the condition my condition is in, which is he's so it's such a cool languid thing. And then he trips over the. <laughs> <police station. laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> and when we're, when you're doing things like that, and and plus the car porn, I I just couldn't help it. I, I loved the running. It's funny when he's that there there's just this wonderful image of him running along the fence of the prison and then it cutting to him running up a highway, it's just got this weird mythic sort of feel to it of, of this guy just i'm I'm out of prison and I 'm just going to run to my car. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah, so it, no, one, no one's there to pick him up, and so, he you know, he's a man alone. You get that right away. And and the unveiling of the car. I mean, it really is car porn. You know, when he yanks the veil back, and there's this beautiful nude car underneath it. Uh, <laughs> God, there was... The, I I loved the car porn and the gun porn. Yeah. Uh, his... I thought his pistol was... I, I don't know that I would jump to the word iconic. I'm tempted to, but I loved that pistol. That pistol had a lot of character. With the way they would show him reloading it, with the way the mm-hmm. cylinder was uh, was smooth, it didn't have the indent bits. Uh, why are you going to? Uh?
3: <laughs> because you guys sound so queer. Oh, <laughs> we're talking you know, about guns car, and cars, Kelly. One so polished and shiny, and <laughs> thick at the base, tapered, man, <laughs> slick and looped up.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. What about the gun porn uh with with our uh Jake Gyllenhaal British Jake Gyllenhaal assassin and Maggie Grace? Like when, when they break out all those guns and stuff. That was sheer gun porn, Kelly. She
3: was she never got to do anything.
1: They had you know, a wedding she, 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 and they went out and they shot guns after their wedding. Come on. That was awesome. I mean the thing I say awesome, what I mean is different. I mean there were so many little different unique tweaks in this movie.
3: She never gets to shoot a
1: gun at She does too. Oh, no. not a person. No, not a person. Right. But but for their honeymoon, they go out and they shoot guns at trash in the desert. How awesome! No, no, <laughs> you <should> no. Do.
3: <laughs> no, I know, but that's that's not good. That's way after the goodness has stopped. And the only parts Dingus, okay. Well, I was going to say Dingus only mentioned the first few minutes,
1: like the the parts were that I thought were good. But you're saying that's good. I just Dingus invoked payback. Let let me invoke another movie, and I think Kelly wand this. Uh, I, I defy it, you to challenge me on what I'm about to say here. It Payback's remi- way better. Uh, Payback's good, but it, it rem- yeah. this movie reminded me at times of uh, a, a Michael Cimino movie called Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Kelly, mm. want please tell me you've seen that. You do know that? Yeah, the, it's the, awesome. Yeah, it's awesome, and it does. Thunderbolt and Lightfoot has a couple of things going for it that I feel were also present here. One of the things it has this kind of weird, sad sack villain, you know, George Kennedy in Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, is, it, is it kind of an unlikely, cheesy villain. And I felt a little bit about Billy Bob Thornton here. You could sort of see that they're setting him up as the villain. He's such a pathetic, sad sack of a guy. The fact that he, the, the, his last words to his wife, after having ripped out this five steps to rekindling the passion, that article from a women's magazine, and he says to her on the phone, I've been reading up on women, I think I got you figured out. I don't, I don't think that's a joke. Like, I think he really believes that. You know he's going to rebuild his life and then he gets killed you know he there's something just bare as a villain there's something very pathetic and forlorn and sad about him like that but first, it's all an act that first he's shot. No, no, it's not. I don't think it's an act because that no, shot. I don't shot, think so either. When yeah. he goes and begs to for her to take him back, that's real. And when, when we first meet him, when he's all disheveled and he's getting heroin from a dealer who's like, he's like, I don't want your crumpled up gross money, he's pathetic. When we first meet him, he's pathetic. When when he ends, he's pathetic. And the movie is kind of about how he, he thinks he's going to be able to pull himself out of that. Uh, so, anyway, it, it, the unconventional villain reminded me a bit of Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, but what reminded me of Thunderbolt and Lightfoot more. Uh, partly the car porn, but also, do you remember Kelly Wand a scene in Thunderbolt and Lightfoot where Jeff Bridges and Clint Eastwood uh, have escaped and they're hitchhiking, and a big old El Camino pulls over and picks them up, and there's a redneck in it, and in the passenger seat is a is a raccoon in a cage, and the redneck's <laughs> like the redneck, and, and Jeff Bridges is like, well, there's a raccoon here, and the redneck's like, get get in the back seat, get get in the seat behind the raccoon. So they get in the seat behind the raccoon. None of this is explained, and the redneck is like yelling and driving and swerving around the road and they look all uncertain in the back seat and they notice that, you know, exhaust is being pumped into the cab of the car. Maybe you should pull over. And the redneck's like, "Yeah, whatever." And he's driving around and he turns the car over and wrecks it. And he gets out of the car with a gun and he opens the trunk of the car and white rabbits come flooding out of the trunk. And he starts shooting with these rabbits on the ground. And Clint Eastwood is like, okay, I've had enough of this. And he punches the guy and they take his car. But it has nothing to do with the plot. It's just this completely weird, random twist. And there were a few bits like that, that kind of, in, in, in Faster, that I felt were heading in that direction. Just weird things that didn't have to be there, like the bouncer with his son uh yeah. like like the whole scene with uh with Dexter's sister, like the fact that he has this this wife
3: uh that's not as good as white rabbits.
1: It's not as good, but it's random. you know you don't uh. really need that kind of character develop like you don't need that kind of that kind of touch in there. the fact that she's not well well, here's another one uh what when when Billy Bob Thornton hands over the heroine to his wife and then she ends up taking it. You didn't really need that. I thought that was a... Oh.
3: He was trying to get her hooked again. That was part of his acting.
1: Well, I, I disagree at all. I, no, I absolutely think that that wasn't happening. He
3: wants full custody. Um, that's, the,
1: I get it. The, the, what happens with the, the preacher, you know? I, I thought that was... Th- and, oh, that's another thing. That, that's where I first thought of Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Thunderbolt and Lightfoot opens with, <laughs> with Clint Eastwood as a preacher, and a dude walks into the church and starts shooting at him. And you don't know who is whom at that point in the movie. It's the first scene in the movie. And so when they pull up to that tent revival... And, and Dwayne Johnson walks into there. That I immediately got a Thunderbolt and Lightfoot vibe there. Mm-hmm.
3: But it reminds reminded three days earlier in Thunderbolt and Lightfoot.
1: There's not. It just it just picks right up. Uh, Don't need it. But it, it had this kind of '70s action movie vibe, and Payback does as well. Uh, and that's a lot of what I really liked about Faster.
3: Payback had way more of that, and it was way more about the most interesting character. And in fact, I thought you didn't think the killer undermined the movie; like he seemed a dissonance.
1: Uh, I don't, because I think the movie was about three men who are chasing something that's not good for them, and they can't quit it. Right.
4: right. So it's the and three. It's
1: the same world
3: times three. It's repetitive.
1: Well, they're very different characters, though. I think they're, they're, they're very distinct from each other. And that's the thing, is that from the cars they drive to the guns they shoot to the relationships they have with women, they're not at all repetitive. They are from completely different worlds. Uh, and
2: you have the three, these three great... Uh, these three scenes with the women that happen, I think in succession almost, with the three different men. And you, you really get that sense of what Tom was just saying. And I really liked that.
3: What Tom's saying, okay, Thunderbolt and Life had the, well, you're talking yeah. about the 70s, that 70s sheen of realism.
1: Of, of realism where weird things happen. It doesn't feel weird like...
3: Weird things the, happen, it's but you could see, it's so crazy it could happen.
1: Right, it doesn't feel like it's a neatly fit together plot designed to sort of move smoothly from A to B to C to the denouement. Like, it has these, they have these rough, weird edges uh, a lot of times in the 70s. But yeah, I think it's partly a, a sense of realism.
3: I just didn't see that in this movie. And I did see a lot of it in Black Sunday earlier this morning which was on that Robert Shaw movie. <laughs> um, well that was <laughs> everything at faster you're talking about. It was all it was all one thing like I didn't I didn't see that random element like white rabbits it's just that's a movie where hey, here's a bunch of random shit that happened, which I like, but in faster it was all to teach the characters the same thing, same lesson, same moral
1: well what about i mean the 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 knife fight in the bathroom of the strip club didn't that seem kind of like weird and, and random and the, the guy's reaction you know when he runs uh i almost thought it was seymour casales who was sitting there but when he runs the the, <laughs> the usher out and he's like okay joe. whatever happens in here yeah whatever happens in here joe only one of us is coming out you didn't see anything i Wake got up, t- joe no you're right it oh, wasn't quite right. white rabbits uh the way there was nothing quite as inspired and random as, as the white rabbits granted uh but I love how that
2: that scene plays out uh, for one and and this is where I was surprised um i I kind of kept thinking, do I want somebody else to be the uh, not the killer but to but to be driver mm-hmm. who I think is his character named driver uh, but when Dwayne Johnson is in that bathroom and and the and the two men face each other, he's got this look on his face, this wonderful look on his face that's this cross between uh, Toughness and fear and yep. and and dread—it's it, almost the definition of grim. And you can imagine him facing off with the guys in prison and having that look of, "I don't want to do this, but I got to do it." This and I'm kind of afraid of what's going to happen, but I'm gonna I'm gonna power through it anyway. And he he expresses a great deal more than I was expecting him yeah. to. Yeah. Um, he' he's good. I watched uh, I watched another film of his this week, uh, and I, I think he does a, a nice job. What's the uh, other I one? liked him in this. I, I also watched uh, a movie uh, Tom likes called The Rundown, um, and I thought he was really good in that, too.
1: Those are his two good movies. He's good in a horrible movie called Southland Tales. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I so
2: hated that movie. I that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, But I love how... Uh, the the hospital scene. I, I don't know how you can not love this movie after seeing that.
1: Hospital oh, the hospital, scene. the shooting, the, the shooting of, with the guy in the voice well, on in the middle right. of surgery. Good lord! <laughs> Which is another
2: thing where I felt, you know, because of their exchange and because of him getting on the phone with the son the first time. He's when he's driving out of of that area and he hears the report that that the guy is still alive. I think, well, he's, he's going to let him live because of the sun And then as soon as I thought that I couldn't even get the whole thought out, he's, done, he's pulled an <laughs> Ehrlichman or whatever you call that turnaround, and he heads right back and storms in to the, into surgery without any preamble and just blows the guy away in surgery. I just loved that. It's so
1: horrible and great. And then takes another call from the sun, by the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All, right. All right, it's good. <laughs> you're so easy kelly Wan. i forgot about that part so here's another part i really liked uh and I, I was when when you realize that he's been in prison all this time and he thinks that it is his own stepfather who set him up so when he goes and he has the scene with the, the the woman who you discover okay that's his mother uh and you find out that the guy wasn't really his brother. That he has been, you know, beaten and marginalized by his own father all this time. Uh, well, he was his brother just from a different half father. half
2: brother half right. brother.
1: Uh, right. But but that I, I think that also, you know, Dwayne Johnson is, you know, he's a, he's half black, half Samoan. I mean, he has this ethnic look to him, and and I like how that plays into what you learn about him. Is uh, just, why are you going in? there?
3: Because I don't like. The origins of characters. I can just see what they're doing now.
1: Okay, but I, I appreciated this origin that the mother had obviously, you know, had an affair, or whatever, with with someone, uh, and and was raised and had to raise this half-colored child, or however you want to refer to him, uh, alongside this this man's full son. And so that Dwayne Johnson, you know, his character has, has been stewing about this for all the years he's been in prison, thinking that his own father set him up. Uh, and, you know, I like that little reveal. Um, hmm.
3: Was his name on the list? Whose name? Or did he... His dad. Or did he know where his dad I think
1: he probably away? knew where his dad lived. Uh, uh, well, he didn't know his dad was dead, too. That's the thing. And but he goes, can't cross dead. the name off. He, he shows up and, you know, she says, look, he died three years ago. I can show you the grave if you don't believe me. Just like Winter's Bone. Spoiler.
3: Hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like the, uh... Dexter's sister scene.
1: I love I that. Here, here's what I love about the Dexter sister scene, Kelly Wan. So he shows up, finds out that uh, it's not his kid, that in fact his kid was lost, that he, he never had a kid with her, it he was aborted, and then as he's leaving, she calls out to him, I know what you're doing, I saw it on TV, be careful, but except she doesn't say that. She says, I know what you're doing, I saw it on TV, I hope you kill them all. I loved that. (laughs) I loved it rather than her trying to stop him or maybe prevent him from getting himself hurt. She's like, yeah, I hope you kill them all. Uh, I I thought that was an unexpected little twist. All right, that's
2: good. You win. I take it back. (laughs) Well, what I I loved about that scene was I thought he was going
1: in there to kill her yeah they set that up that way they absolutely set that up
2: and there's that baby and i think given everything we've seen so far he's just going to shoot her in front of this baby and that might be awesome and horrible and then it flips over and at first i was a little weirdly disappointed like you are at the end of black sunday but then i felt like oh no i like the way this went i like how this is sort of breaking my expectation again
1: and I like how unglamorous she looks, too. Again, it, it was highlighting the difference between, uh, although Billy Bob Thornton had a pretty hot wife, uh, but it was highlighting the difference between uh, his life and the, the dollar assassin, you know, who got to be with Maggie Grace. Like, I, I, like, I like the actress that plays Dexter's sister in, in some roles, uh, and it particularly like... Jennifer her. Carpenter. Is that her name? Jennifer Carpenter. Ah. Yeah. Any relation? to
2: Karen (laughs) (laughs) Karen Carpenter's the thing Um,
3: that's too much revelation that doesn't matter I mean so my character we don't know had an abortion and now he's he's about back out again and it's the same scene as the mom it's like oh he's going to kill her no he's not going to kill her he's going to find out some more exposition when the movie's called faster not more jitter chatter
1: but see, the thing is, Kelly, Wanda, you learn things about the character that you didn't know up to this point, and I think that it feels the thing in an interesting way, rather than the character telling someone else or you know a, a crawl or a title card or something.
3: What do we learn about him?
1: In... Well, we learn in... that he's cut off from any sense of, of it. he he's going when he's coming out of prison. He thinks that he has a son and a father, and the two things he learns are that he has neither, uh, and and. It...
3: It doesn't affect anything he does. It doesn't change any of his decisions. He doesn't take anyone off the list.
1: You don't, his, you don't uh, think it affects, though, like how he feels? or how You don't think it affects how he reacts when he sees the, the preacher's family at the end? You don't think it somehow influences him there?
3: He would have let that guy live anyway. Just it's because it? that guy was persuasive.
1: We don't know. You are now making up stuff about the character. You are now deducing things about the character based on things in the movie that... You know, we have information. We can draw our own conclusions. This is the decision he made. Did these things play into it? I I think those are interesting questions uh, to me. He
3: seemed consistent. I mean, he doesn't kill anyone unnecessarily, he doesn't even kill a guy who's trying to kill him before that. Right. He's he's pretty. He's been. I mean, The Rock's acting was so good, I could tell that he wasn't going to change, or (laughs) did change, depending on.
1: But question? he does change. I mean, I think the whole point of a movie like this, like a revenge drama, is does the character take revenge or not?
3: If he'd really changed, he would have let Billy Bob live, because that guy's got a son, too. And a hot wife.
1: Oh, but I mean, I think part of, yeah, maybe. but, but well, a lot actually, of kids. Doesn't, doesn't he know, though, that Billy Bob Thornton is responsible for it all? Does he ever yeah. find out?
3: Yeah, Billy Bob tells, what's his face?
1: Well, we assume he's conscious. Okay, right. Yeah. While he's, while he's on the floor. Yeah.
3: But there's like three, three different scenes in this movie. This is what I didn't like about it, because you're, you're bringing up individual notes that I thought were cool. Mm-hmm. But then this would have It's like the kids are introduced, the wife yells at someone. <laughs> it's like three wives, three kids, three loser guys not killing each other quickly, and then an ending. That's my synopsis. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> I liked
1: your other one better.
3: <laughs> it just seemed a little too 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 schmaltzy. Maybe because I saw a preview for the mechanic remake right before I, I watched it, and I was I got like, yeah, buildings should be blowing up if it's called faster.
1: I don't know. I, I would agree with you that it's schmaltzy when it comes to the strip club. That was the worst strip club ever. I don't know why they put a PG-13 strip club in an R-rated movie. Yeah, how dare they? This
2: is clearly an R movie. Yeah. You don't go to a strip club without some gratuitous shot of the girl at the pole. Exactly. Who isn't wearing her top. Hello.
3: (laughs) So, I mean, Anne Hathaway's nude in that Jake Gyllenhaal movie, like one theater down, and women are going to see that. And I'm a guy going to see this guy's movie, and there's a strip club scene,
1: and there's no boobs. Well, there's plenty of porn. Like I said, I feel there's a lot of car porn and gun porn. And I, man, I, I love can't that. masturbate to guns. What really? about cars? Are cars okay? What? Come on, that was a, that SS, that Camaro SS, Kelly Wand, or that that GTO in the flashback scene. My God, those, those American muscle cars are just so hot, aren't they?
3: So you guys wore raincoats to this movie, and that was the same.
2: <laughs> it was so great to actually get to see that Chevelle. I, I don't know. I don't know what the car was called. The, going up against that Lamborghini. Yes. Was it a Lamborghini? I, I don't know. He went. He like had to pick through a couple of right. of uh, those types of showroom cars. What's and the I don't sexiest know which one he part of a car? to you guys the exhaust pipe? <laughs> Or the carburetor. The way it sounds when he turns it over. Ah, oh, that rumble.
1: And the movie knows it, too. I mean, the movie is totally playing with that. Uh, it's very aware of it. There was one early on very cool shot that I'd never seen before from behind the speedometer. You yeah, know, yeah, that was a to, great um, shot. I loved that. Uh, and that's such a, like, a car porn thing. Uh, it's like, <laughs> let's look from inside the car. Ah,
3: uh. yeah. <laughs> That
2: one,
1: think... just looking Here's at the, the car, pedals, those, those metal pedals. Yep, yep. And the the, I guess it was a standard or an automatic transmission, wasn't it? Like, but still the shifter thing. Uh, yeah. Oh my
3: god! <laughs> at least know what you're masturbating to. At least know the name. They, the car has a name. You.
1: <laughs> it was a Camaro SS, a sixty nine, and in the GTO, I don't know what year it was, but there, it was a GTO. I mean they they both they show prominently the name of the car. And I'm sure they did for whatever that sports car was that Jake Gyllenhaal took, but I couldn't care less about those. Those do nothing.
3: So modern cars don't make you guys want to masturbate as much as old classic
1: cars? What I thought everyone say about a culture. I thought everyone was like that.
2: You know. And and that's what's another thing that I thought was wonderful because a guy two guys on a mission should be in Camrys, you know they they should not be in these cars that everyone could spot. But when he drives up to the hospital, he just leaves it right there at the ambulance bay. He doesn't care. He knows nobody's going to touch his car because the screenwriters aren't going to let them. He just leaves it right there, blocking other cars from pulling out, and <laughs> marches in and marches back out and drives away. Movie rules. And and using the car they used for their getaway in that flashback was, I love that. I love these outlandish, not outlandish, but but very specific cars that are so easy to identify, and the filmmaker's just saying,
1: I want this guy to drive this car, and I don't care. Now, I, I, I'm questionable calling the gun iconic, but those cars are certainly iconic. Uh, there's no two ways. to right. right.
3: Here's why this movie sucks compared to Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Thunderbolt had Lightfoot. You had their interaction. Right. And in this, you have the three main characters hardly ever interacting.
1: But it's all about their their triangulation to each other, though. But that's boring. That's not interesting. It's It's not boring. That's like saying that English Patient is boring because Kirsten Scott Thomas and Ray Fiennes are separated for a lot of the movie. Which it's not.
3: Well...
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they but didn't when they're separated. to bring up English patients.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. so here, Kelly Wan, so I I, I, think one of the movie's biggest failings is not getting someone who made me more excited for the killer. Like that that British guy is like, whatever, you know, he's fine, he, wh- whatever. But if I'd had an actor in there who I enjoyed as much as I was enjoying Dwayne Johnson and Billy Bob Thornton, this movie would have been, you know, Thirty-three percent better, uh, so uh, I yeah, so it, it worked for me. You know, splitting it up amongst three characters and not being a buddy road movie, which is what Thunderbolt, a buddy heist movie, which is what Thunderbolt and Lightfoot is. Um, let's talk about Billy Bob Thornton. Hmm. Kelly Wan, didn't that work for you? Uh, yeah. Did you I mean <laughs> did did you enjoy these sort of? Nod. I don't know if it was a nod, but I certainly was thinking of it uh, to him. Like, I couldn't help but watch him with that kid and think about Bad News Bears and Bad Santa. Right. <laughs> and, and how awesome Billy Bob Thornton is. <laughs> he Santa didn't have too many right. awesome
3: lines, though, like he did in Bad Santa. Bad Santa, everything he says is pretty funny. And in this, he's not very angry.
1: Well, it's not a comedy, yeah. Like, in this, I think he's more of a sort of a sad sack, pathetic fella. Uh, he was just going with the flow, man.
3: Yeah. <laughs> he's the part in Bad Santa Where he's behind the bar And he gets the bartender beats him up
1: But I, I love the scene where he Has to put on a show to his kid About lying to work About I'm not going to show up It's my kid's baseball game I mean that, that was just so pathetic <laughs> I love that bit I loved I But loved he's the,
3: supposed to be a super villain
1: But he's not though I mean he's not, he's not in, in James Bond How did he know, did he know
3: the British guy? Did he find that guy on the yellow pages? Or what? Did they work on a gig together? What do they have to do with each other? There's no connection. The killer has no connection to either of them. He's just some random dude. At least the other two, they have history together and they're involved from the past and in the present.
1: Well, I kind of disagree. I mean the the killer's link to the two of them is kind of a reveal that I mean you find out that that the mysterious person behind this third character is hired anybody. If he out didn't have
4: anything to do with the
3: brother's death. Then Billy Bob had everything to do with that.
1: He's a hired assassin. Yeah, and, as I
2: was saying, Kelly Juan, you he's find the guy who created Facebook, and he's a hired assassin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you find out, Kelly Wan, that he's, that this third, that the mysterious character behind this third character... Is a pathetic so much, cop. ...is one of it's the other passion. characters. Uh, who,
2: he's, okay.
1: He's trying to clean up his mess. He's
2: He's a great inversion of that ridiculous retiring cop cliche yes. about, one more job right. and I just got to get to my pension when the one more British. The thing is he's a corrupt cop who's trying to fix a mess that he's created yeah
1: you know all that stuff about where he's talking about it's a hunch he knows exactly what's going on you know and he why
2: didn't he just
3: have him killed in prison or was that what all those guys were injured for
1: maybe yeah that makes sense to me
2: so hmm. I really loved uh, that moment where where Billy Bob Thornton is lying in bed with his son and they're talking. I, I, I just grooved on that because there those, those are moments that happen where you have to go and lie down with your kid to get him calmed down so he goes to sleep. And I just <laughs> love the image of the two of them lying there and, and just talking and I think that's when the kid says he sucks at baseball but it might have been another time and i I just like that I like he's he wants to be better he wants to start yeah. over ripping out that magazine article is something he does in earnest he yeah. he, he wants to 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 clean everything up for a good reason. And he just can't because he, I don't know what he says at the end, something like, uh, I created my own hell and I'm the demon that came up out of it.
1: Um, and, and Dingus, it's funny, I I had assumed that he was laying there with his son because that's where his wife was making him sleep. <laughs> like, that's where he had to stay for the night. He gets uh, right, to
3: stay but, the night?
1: Yeah, it's what he begs her. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, let me mm-hmm. please let me stay the night with you and bad baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> Also, the
3: uh, she was hooked up with the brother too, right?
1: Right. Okay. That's that's That's, that's the the you know the sort of reveal where we find. Oh,
3: it. so it all makes sense.
1: See? Uh, wow. Did you did you recognize the preacher dude, Kelly Do You know who that guy was, did uh,
3: He looked familiar. Was he in Weeds?
1: No, come on, that was Mr. Echo from Lost or Adebisi. Oh, right, right. Lost. Yeah. What? Why are you going? Yeah, I love that guy. You didn't. Uh... No, no. I was thinking because Shannon and Anik or yeah, in the a it's lost kind of reunion. Book.
2: Right. I, I like that guy. Um, I kind of guessed that he was going to figure in when when um, when Driver was listening to those those radio messages. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't know, and maybe you already did, but what I thought was a nice reveal was when the preacher says or when the evangelist says that basically he's been doing these sermons as a message to to yeah. Driver this whole time. I knew you were out, and, and basically I've been preaching to you for yeah. these nights. Mm-hmm. And that stuff he's saying about hate I think does work on Driver. And I like that. I like that, that I've been I've been talking to you this, this whole time. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, well, I've been listening the whole time at that station.
2: And I didn't figure it out. Like, I definitely didn't see that coming. And one of the things I really liked about that was was how different both that fact and the fact of how the radio was used and the fact of how that that uh release counseling was used were so such fast and dirty improvements on the movie
1: stone. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to have seen Robert De Niro in that scene <laughs> instead of Tom Berenger
2: yeah and I just like uh, so is there anything you want to say yeah where's the exit and we're done <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: that really was kind of to me a sort of a, a budget rate version of hey what about you forgot your books I already read them you know from Cape Fear <laughs> that kind of <laughs> tough guy released from prison parting words <laughs> Oh, he's the warden. See?
3: It all makes sense now.
1: <laughs> uh, and we, we also got to talk about, so Kelly Wan, you mentioned uh, the Kenny Rogers song. The, <laughs> I couldn't help but think of Big Lebowski either. You know, it had Iggy Pop, uh, that uh, Now I Want to Be Your Dog. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure you noticed, Dingus, who did the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Kelly that made you
2: very excited at the beginning, actually. Yep.
1: We know um, I, I looked. I looked him up when, when we got home cause, uh, so it was Clint Mansell who does uh, Darren Aronofsky's movies. So I I looked him up on IMDb and he seems to slum it quite a bit in like cheesy romantic comedies. I was mm. really surprised at some of his other credits, uh, but
3: I, like once for uh, Anne Hathaway's
4: nude,
1: probably. Uh, but in this one, like, I, I noticed, you know, it was a very Clint Mansell soundtrack. It it definitely sounded like his stuff, and I thought it worked great. Uh, <laughs> You're so out with this, aren't you, Filly Wand?
4: <laughs> We're
3: so... I, yeah, uh, well, I don't know. It's, it's over now. I know that.
1: We could always revisit this movie another time, and you might like it better. Well, Kelly Wan, surely, okay, here's this. You hate movies that aren't R-rated. You must have enjoyed yeah. some of the, you, you know. No, because I
3: saw Maggie Grace's in it and Moonblood good, whose nude scene got cut out of Terminator. Neither of them are nudes, and I'm already angry at this. So you I don't get, see. You get cheated all around. And no one get it's like, everyone just gets shot in the head. There's no spice in it up.
2: Oh, and that's another reveal I loved actually finding out where that scar on his face comes from that it's an exit wound. Yeah. I like
1: that. Well the, yeah, everybody it, does get shot in the head but they don't all die. <laughs> and the entrance wound in the you mean that that big old flowery thing in the in the back. Well that that's I guess you know, I think they have it back. No no, he's got a scar on his cheek, a right, right scar on his cheek. But it's it's a it's a small bullet hole and then on the back of his head he's got like a big old spider webby kind of thing. Right, right. Which I thought was like a tattoo or something, but they apparently have it backwards, because that would look, the entrance wound would be small, and the exit wound would be big. You know what I'm saying? So it looks like he got shot in the cheek, and then it came out the back of his head. But, right. they,
2: but they the bullet ricocheted around in his skull for a while, and so it just tumbled out of his cheek. Ah, I see. It was a nice, neat,
1: little, uh, good, good, that worked. Is works.
3: this bullet wound porn?
2: <laughs>
3: Oops. <laughs> Do you guys, We put this on your, uh, does movies deserve a sequel?
2: Hmm.
1: I don't think I put any movies on that, actually. Fastest. Ask, what should this movie, because we all agree the movie had a terrible title, you know, Faster Stupid, what should this movie have been called? Hmm. Quicker. That's kind of like
3: Faster, though. Oh. You know? <laughs> all right. Well, I would have kept the title, but changed the movie. One, two, three, not only you and me, the one, eight, 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 three, I'm caught to come between. Counting
1: one, two, three, beat upon every day, and down with three, beat everybody else. What's really sad is... Really? That Dingus and I saw a really cool movie, and Kelly One didn't. How about that? <laughs> I, uh...
3: I'm sorry, I wasn't there for it. <laughs> well, we they, should have gone together. <laughs> that's
1: right, you should have joined that. Uh, let's I was getting a... popcorn right.
3: for the hospital scene. Maybe that's part of it. All
1: right. Uh, our three by three this week is, uh, is Dingus's. Dingus', what are we doing this week? Ugh. We're doing... Um, I'm too embarrassed to say, actually.
2: Oh, told? I'm sorry. <laughs> three movies that deserve sequels. Okay, why are we doing that this week?
3: Why are you embarrassed? When did that start <laughs> happening?
2: Uh, when you started complaining about my Desert Island thing. And I've been embarrassed. Mm.
3: Since. <laughs> this is a sequel to that list. <laughs> it's a list that sort deserves of
1: a sequel. Dingus is in a state of perpetual embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I don't blame
2: him. I, I wear a t-shirt that says that.
3: <laughs> oh, and happy birthday, Tom.
2: Thank you. Yeah, good job, Tom.
3: Oh, good work on mm-hmm. being born.
2: Uh, <laughs> did you know that Clint Mansell also did the, the soundtrack for Smoke and Aces? Ever got that? That's not true. Mm-hmm. That is
1: it. not true. Dingus, you yeah. made that up. Is that really true? I think it
2: is, actually.
1: Mm, I think it isn't.
2: I mean, I think Moon is... Well, no, I can't say Moon is my favorite. But anyway. You can't be
1: Fountain. Yeah. Seriously, you're going to pick Clint Mansell's Moon soundtrack over Clint Mansell's Fountain soundtrack.
2: No, I'm not going to. But I loved that.
3: he Black Swan? Soundtracker. He
2: is,
1: yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did? Yep. Oh, man. He will. Well, I, hope, I hope I get to see that at some point. Yeah, we should think about that. Uh, okay, so 3 by 3 best, or what is it, Movies That Deserve Sequels?
2: Yes, uh, Movies That Deserve Sequels. This was uh, kind of a punt, unfortunately. Okay. Uh Because I couldn't find my list because my computer died. I've got a box. I've got a new computer. It's sitting right over there. It's in a box, though. So. Um... So, yeah, this, this occurred to me. I'd seen something during the week that I really liked and thought, oh, I would really like to see another one of these. What was it? And um, I don't Mary remember Harry Potter and Leslie Hallows, part one. <laughs> um, and, and then I thought of, of another film that I've been trying to, that, that was on a, a really crappy idea for a list that I'm not going to bring up, but that I realized that I would really like for this list. And so that's what inspired me to, to make you guys come up with sequels. All
3: right,
1: well, my number three... That's a,
3: that's a very three days earlier flashback. <laughs> like, pointless and waste of time. Keeping us from getting to the point. Okay.
1: Sorry. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to make of this, just because I don't... I, yeah, I knew, I knew you were
4: hate it.
1: Tom hates
3: someone's list besides mine. I win. He hates a lot of mine, because they're... Squishy. He hates all lists that aren't his. That's the <laughs> pattern.
2: Although I wind up but, agreeing with but, that but I think he's justified this time because I, I, as I thought about it this week, I really hated, it. and it wasn't until I really put my my nose to the grindstone that I that I realized there were a lot of them that I liked. Hmm. Leave
3: Wendy out of this.
1: Meh. Well, my whole take on sequels is that it's really not up to me, and I'm fine with that. Like, if, if I think a director or a writer or someone has vision for where a movie can go, that's fine. But one of the reasons that I prefer movies to television is that movies are self-contained packages, for the most part. And that's what I appreciate about them. And when someone wants to reopen the package and revisit it, I'm cool with that. I don't think it always works. Uh, as a matter of fact, more often than not, I would say it doesn't work. Um, but, you know, bless people who want to try it. I would never tell them to do that. Uh so I've had to come up with three exceptions where I think, you know what, I'm going to tell these people they should do sequels. and hmm.
4: uh, Directly.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I have some direct sure. messages for a few people right here. The first person to receive my message, a director named Joe John- Johnson or Johnston? Hmm. Is it Joe Johnson? Is that the guy? Anyway, I, I really like the movie. I think it's a little underappreciated. It didn't really go very far, and it's probably because I'm hugely fond of Jennifer Connelly, but I think Rocketeer is a little underrated. Uh, I'm 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 a fan of Rocketeer, and I, you know, that Bill Campbell guy who it had that it was the lead. It had that '40s kind of pulpy Hollywood kind of vibe to it. Uh, you know, Alan Arkin is the mentor, and Jennifer Connelly is the girlfriend. Timothy Dalton was the villain. I think he I think he dies. I think he gets he crashes yeah. a blimp into the Hollywood sign, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Mm-hmm. It's like Black <laughs> Sunday.
1: <laughs> Aha! Except there's payoff. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's my number three is, you know what, Rocketeer had some good stuff in it. You know, kick those guys into another movie.
2: Who was the
3: mentor? Who was the Doc Brown character? Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. Thank
1: he you. Was, he was quite good. I mean, you know, as Alan Arkin is wont to be. Uh, and I just love the look of it, you know. So. Um, wow. You, you, said, you strike me, Kelly Wand, as someone who would like Rocketeer. Is that, is that not... I, I remember poor Rocketeer...
3: Man's, it's the poor man's Sky King.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, please! I remember Rocketeer coming out the summer of the Abyss, and Ugh. seeing both of them that summer, and thinking, "Wow, I like Rocketeer better than the the guy better than the movie from the guy that did Aliens." I can't believe that. Uh,
3: one set high up, one set far down. Good point. I prefer the high up.
1: No, I pre- yeah, yeah, oh, right, right. Yes, I do. Yes, fuck
3: that far down.
1: Boo. <laughs> so there's my number three. Is I would love a Rocketeer two.
3: I don't like movies with blimps in them, and I realize
1: that
3: <gasps> I watching Black Sunday. Hindenburg's not good either. You
1: heard me. Are you going to tell me what? that Up isn't good?
3: Oh, that, that's not a blimp, though.
1: Uh, yeah, guess, it is. Yeah, that's
3: a dirigible. It's still a totally different concept, dude. What's difference
1: between a blimp and a dirigible? It's a
3: Zeppelin. What's
1: the difference between a, uh, zepp- a Zeppelin and a... Because dri- one
3: has helium oh. in it, and the other one has... Uh <laughs> I didn't know there's gonna be math and chemistry
2: on this podcast. What about Last Crusade? You don't like Last Crusade? No.
3: That's a that's a crappy blimp sequence. That just proves my point.
1: Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Way, way to strengthen this case, thing it's nice work. Oops. That's a terrible blimp. Oh, you're just gonna
3: do oops every that's your new okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelly One, what's your number three movie that deserves a sequel?
3: Hmm.
1: Uh, wait, and hold I, on, hold on a second, Kelly. Wand, Dingus, have you yeah. seen the Rocketeer?
3: Yeah, he was pretty no. quiet. Okay. Oh, it's got Conway no. with, but when she had the rack,
1: it's, it's career opportunities era. Jennifer Conway, right? Yeah. It's the yeah. last, wait, and it's forties. She, she was married to Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> I didn't understand
2: that one. Sorry.
3: Oh, oops. he because I said rack. Say oops again. Oh, rack. Oops. <laughs> ah, look, you kid hates you,
2: <laughs> Daddy. I
3: heard that one already. Stop running it into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, Kyle, that's how I, your kid talks. Yeah, he does. That's, that's yeah. a good impression.
3: I got, I got his number. <laughs> Takes after his old man. Uh, uh my three movies that deserve a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't think. I kind of agree with what Tom was gibbering about, that most (laughs) movies shouldn't have sequels because they're self-contained. But then Tom said something like, he made it sound like the sequel doesn't ruin the first movie because Tom's very, um, source material doesn't matter and sequels don't matter. Only Only the moment. Only what's happening now. (laughs) And I wish I was more like that. I guess it's my own character flaw. My number three.
1: Well, wait, does that make it then harder for you to say a movie should have a sequel? Because you're potentially, yeah, it was was very to be ruined. Yeah,
3: I thought when he first said it, I go, oh, this will be, I'll just cheese out on three of them. And then I was so stumped on this, and I was thinking about it all week, which I never do. Usually I am done with these lists before we're done recording, <laughs> at, like, after to announce the topic. And this one was, I was still at tonight, I was going, Ugh. which I do anyway. But also, remember last week, Dingus' list, everyone started with A, right? All of its choices. Okay, all mine have... A C-A.
1: In the beginning? Or just sit somewhere in the title? Uh,
3: almost.
1: <laughs> okay.
3: All right. Uh, and also, I'm going to try and pitch them a little.
1: Oh, you Cause... have ideas for what the sequel should oh, do. I like that.
3: Yeah, because otherwise, I wouldn't have them. So my number three is the movie, a little film, probably Robert Zemeckis' finest film. Hint. Hello? Is this thing on. Uh-huh. Death, Death, becomes yeah, clearly. Death becomes her. Death becomes <sighs> her. I'm speaking, of course, of the classic film Castaway with Tom Hanks, which ends with Helen Hunt, who's married someone else, giving him a car or a truck or something. And so in the sequel, okay, one of two things happens. Either he gets stuck in a closet, and that's there, so he's cast away again, or he hooks up with that. Chick from FedEx who got dumped by the Russian guy? Anyway, Castaway is my number
2: three. That chick is
1: smoking at the end of that film. The chick who receives the FedEx package?
3: The angry, yeah.
2: The Smithy, the blacksmith girl, whoever she is. Whoever's at the
1: end there, wow. It's like, let's have a movie about her. Do we find out what's in that FedEx package in your sequel, Kelly Wand?
3: Yeah, it's Wilson, ironically. (laughs) Actually, that's the sequel. It's just about Wilson's event. <laughs> Castaway 2, Colin Wilson. That's awesome. Ah, I heard Dingus' kid. Clap for it. You like it? <laughs> he was thinking, no, I already have that in development.
1: <laughs> all right, Dingus, what is your number three? Pop that. Um, Castaway. Oh, first,
2: first of all, I want to I address what you said about... Um, the self-contained thing because i actually wrote that in in the notes of my first uh the first movie i want to talk about is that most movies you're correct are a self-contained universe and i, I don't need to know anything else about that world mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm done there the, the characters are going to go on and have their lives or whatever they're going to do and i don't want to name any specific movies because you guys might have these on your lists but once i'm done with that i'm done with that world and i don't need i don't need my, my wife loves a movie where they get to the end and you get a picture of the person and what do they do <laughs> then. And I don't want to know any of that. I don't care about that because the movie has done its job and that's its self-contained story. But some films create a world, uh, not only the world itself, but the world of those characters that I want to go back to. It's not it's not so much a self-contained uh, universe of a movie, but the, the universe there... Has a chance to expand, and I want to go back to it. So, so I agree with with you, Tom. That most movies are that, but but there are some movies that I that I feel like they create a world that I want to return
1: to. Yep, that's okay. what mine are. So I'm with you 100, percent Dingus. Uh
3: oh, Avatar. That's what he's gonna say.
1: Oh, wow, you
2: scooped him. So
1: so Avatar is an example
2: of a movie that, uh, or a, or a world that I wish I didn't ever go to. <laughs> so that's a different. <laughs> that's a different. Mine's
3: story. Earth. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Jake. Um, all right here's a here's a quote from it uh, you're not going to know it because i don't think no i know tom hasn't seen it but but this quote is indicative of why i would like to return to this world and the, and the quote is this i know that was a piece of mercy is the quote from this movie and this is uh this is the film serenity from 2005 <sighs> Sweden.
3: suck it tom now you get to hear all
2: about it what um our... Passive aggressive sigh. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyone who not seen The Wire or this? Now, I don't have. Uh, I, I, we we talked about this a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, um, when we were talking about uh, great great movie Shame About the Name. I think. Um, uh, I don't know about the world of Firefly because I have I have no. I, I didn't get that series because of the way Fox launched it. I I was turned off and I never watched the whole Firefly series, uh, but I totally grooved on serenity uh i love the the way the movie has its own language that it uses and the characters are are beautifully drawn and i could return to this universe again and again and see the life of this crew and this ship and their exploits uh i would love to see this type of thing continue um i i and th- just that line that's a piece of mercy is is indicative to me of of how this film creates its own world and its own language, and I really love it when a film can do that. And I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see them uh, continue continue with this crew.
1: You know what, Dingus? You're in luck because they made a whole TV series out of it. So there's like another, what is it, like fifteen episodes? So there you Wait, go. Wait, what's the TV series called?
3: Firefly.
2: So, you know, there's
3: <laughs> a spinoff. <laughs> he plays a writer called <laughs> King Nights or something.
1: The uh,
2: the series came first,
1: of course. So, yeah. Oh, but they're the same thing, though. It's like So it's like 15 episodes earlier. It's like a title card. <laughs> so you're fine.
3: They <laughs> are similar. There's a lot of hot girls on it, though. Oh,
1: wait a minute. Close. What do you mean they are similar? The same thing. That was one of the vibes I got from watching Serenity, is I, I sort of felt like this is like, and I don't mean this as an insult, although it kind of is, but watching Serenity, I was thinking this is like a TV-level production. You know, this is like a TV style direction.
3: I agree with you, but I'm getting that a lot from just movies in general lately. Ah. Like Skyline, so it's like, <laughs> eh, <all right. laughs> Here I am, bigger screen, guy kicking my chair, guy
1: snoring. Well, Dingus, why aren't you watching but, Firefly then? <laughs> yeah, Dingus. It's not on anymore, I don't think. They have uh, these things called DVDs, and they have this service called. It's you. I have them. I'll, I'll bet you, you do, Kelly Wan. It. Netflix only streams now. Did you not know that? Oh rats! Does that mean I have to send back these Blu-rays?
3: Yep. Nathan Fillion's good on it.
1: Can I watch? Can I watch Jonah Hex before I send it back?
2: Ugh. <laughs> you have Jonah Hex.
1: Shut up! It's just it's like a western. It's like cowboys and witches or something, right? <laughs> it's it's Josh Brolin
3: and Megan he's, Fox's thumb.
1: He's dreamy. Oh, well, yeah, her freaky fingers. Yeah.
2: And you're going to watch that in a double feature with Jules and Jim, which I think you still have yeah. in your house. <laughs>
1: I do still have Gunga Din, by the way. Thanks, Kelly. Oh, Wan. Gunga
2: Din. Yes. Good. <laughs> Did you watch it
1: a year later? No. Why would I watch Gunga Din for Pete's sake?
3: No, it's, just start it. You'll like it. It's <sighs> whatever. funny. Whatever. It's got some good physical comedy on it.
1: Well, it's one I of those. Get... I've got Gunga Din, <laughs> Fanny and Alexander. Uh, someone on the forums like, oh, uh, if you like Virgin Spring, you got to get this. You know. No.
3: It's no Gunga Din, Danny. There I said.
1: Well, those those two slots aren't going to be freed up anytime soon. I can tell you that.
3: Tom, don't be sexist. The slots.
1: After you send Jonah Hex home, you
2: put they shoot horses, don't they? And oh, that'll sit there too.
3: You know what? Do that one first, actually. All right. That one's a must. Man. I
1: thought we were supposed to read the book first, Kelly. No, 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 no,
3: no, 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 no. Oh, no,
1: no, no. oh, okay. That was close. I was about... no,
3: just to watch that. Uh, watch it cold. Okay,
1: no, I'm, I'm okay. I'll do I'll that. give right. you
3: money if you don't like it that one. That one I'm the surest about.
1: Hmm. How but much? We got. We were advised to watch the,
2: to read the book first. Didn't you see that?
3: No, there's no book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Stop
3: okay. making up stories. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a podcast still recording.
1: <laughs> All right. So Dingus' number three is Serenity, uh, mm. which we should cross off the list because there is a sequel to it, and it's called TV. Oh, oops. <laughs> uh, okay, here's my number two. And uh you know what? I have a tough question. I can't... Dingus, do you like Slither? Because Nathan Fillion's good. Dingus screamed like a little girl when we saw that. Oh, that's a great movie. It's so underrated. It's too trauma. No, it's
4: not.
3: Yeah, Slither? it
1: is. No, Jamie Gunn, is he's a trauma guy. I think it has too much of a, like, a trauma vibe to it. That trauma stuff doesn't really work for me. So, Slither's uh... fine. I really like Nathan Fillion. I think it's the best thing it's got going for it. Uh... It's and it's got that weird dance. trauma ending with all the latex makeup and the glitter. No, you know
3: what's good about the ending of Slither? Everyone in the town stays dead. They don't bring them all back, like in fucking The Faculty. That totally annoyed me in The Faculty. When it's like, oh, yeah, everyone knows. This one guy did all these things. Like, everyone we've seen, like, get their heads cut off, and John Stewart gets like, a pencil put through his eye. And the woman gets her head cut off, and she's back to life.
1: Kelly Wand, America needs happy endings now more than ever. Not in yeah. Slither. all right so my number two movie that i think should have a sequel uh yeah i'm gonna go with this uh i just so like the incredibles i could i could watch those Mm. folks just do more stuff and i want to know like part of me you know dingus what you were saying you don't want the little title card at the end and so and so went on to do such and such you know if that's important it should have been in the movie at some point don't make it part of the credits. However, I can't help but watch The Incredibles and want to know what has become of Jack-Jack, you know, the yeah. little baby superpowers. Mm. Uh, and just that whole cast is just so endearing, and Craig T. Nelson and Holly Hunter and uh, whoever the girl and the boy are. Uh, I just love... Sarah Vowell. Yeah, hello. Who's that? Sarah Vowell? I don't know who that... Sarah Vowell. Sarah yeah. Vowell? Sarah Val. I don't even know what word you guys are saying. Serval is a cat. What are you talking about? Sarah. Vowel.
2: And the little boy is David Sedaris.
3: Ah, that makes sense. (laughs) I I don't know
1: what you guys are talking about. I'm talking talking about about NPR, bitch.
2: Yeah.
3: How do you. You don't know who Sarah Vowell is? You're so provincial, dude. Why would I know who she is? Oh, Serenity. Oh, Sarah Bell. <laughs> Let's talk about my that car in the movie with rock in it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you see when he put the dipstick in? Oh, God, that was
1: good. <laughs> don't be gross. Yes. Uh, what, what was Brad Bird's last movie? I can't believe I don't know this. Uh, Ratatouille. Really? He hasn't done anything since Ratatouille? He's due. Cause I wasn't he actually... does a
3: really funny uh, J. Coteau thing on Assassination Vacation, Sarah Vowell's book on tape.
1: Okay, what we you saying? <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not that crazy about Ratatouille, so I wish he'd done another Incredibles thing.
3: It's no Incredibles. Yeah. And it's no Simpsons. Ratatouille's the least good Brad Bird.
1: Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. I'm... Wait,
3: that can't be the last thing. No. Oh, he well...
1: did a movie called Faster, I think.
2: Ugh. <laughs> Incredibles is a great pick.
1: I'm happy with that pick. Thank you. All right, Kelly Wan, what's your number two? Let's see you top that.
3: Oh, he's doing Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol.
1: Oh, I think that's right. Is it with Tom Cruise or without Tom Cruise?
3: I think uh, this is just the buzz, but Tom Cruise is in it, but he's supposed to be handing off the mantle to Jeremy Renner.
1: Okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. Because,
3: yeah. I don't know. I kind of miss Tom Cruise.
1: When you said that, Kelly Wand, because a lot of times when I hear a first name, I go ahead and fill in the last name of the actor beforehand. So as you were saying Jeremy, I was thinking Piven. I was thinking that would make for a very interesting... (laughs) That's a sequel I would like to see. That was my list. I was thinking Jeffrey Irons when you said it. Jeffrey Irons? Yeah. You mean Jeremy Irons? Oh, yeah. Oops. (laughs) Ah. I don't like Dinkus's
3: catchphrase anymore. It's too much. Ah. It's too intense. I don't. I, it fills me with too many different emotions because I associate it with amputation now. So it's like,
1: <laughs> spoilerly. All right, one. what's your number two movie that uh, deserves a sequel?
3: It's a good thing to have on your tombstone. It's a good epitaph, though. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number two is um, a movie I know you. Ah, no. Nah. Mm. Alright. What? Okay. okay. I'll save that for number one. My number two is Cloverfield. Okay. Dingus' turn.
1: <laughs> Why do you want us to run past that? Can we not discuss that? Yeah, let's discuss it. First of all, isn't, I, Clover, I, isn't Cloverfield getting a sequel?
3: Wasn't it, shouldn't it already be out by now? It's been too long. Remember, they, remember, Independence Day didn't get a sequel. Not that I'm pining for that, but it's like if that didn't get a sequel, what hopes
1: does awesome I guess? Thing? I guess Matt Reeves went on to do the the awesome remake of Let the Right One In, so he was he, so he, to do Cloverfield 2.
3: He took a detour to do a movie I really liked that's never going to get released called Cabin in the Woods. Which
1: that's not Matt going. Reeves. What are you talking about? It's Matt Reeves, isn't it? That is seriously Matt Reeves. I don't want to see Cabin it. Cabin in the Woods. If it's Matt Reeves, I don't want to see it. I don't. Oh, uh, it's fast. Drew
3: Goddard. Uh, Who's Drew Goddard? I know that name. Why am I so stupid? Wait, he did Cloverfield.
1: What's the Matt Reeves... Matt Reeves did Cloverfield and Let Me In. He's a a stooge... Okay, it's the guy you wrote.
3: It's the writer of Cloverfield, Drew Goddard. Okay. Uh, So... So uh, Kelly
1: Wan, what, what why there's no sequel. You just want to know what happened to the monster, right?
3: I love that monster and it and it doesn't die and it never runs away in the whole movie, which was something I really thought was cool about it, as opposed to Godzilla, who was always like running from army
1: helicopters like a big pussy. Now would this Cloverfield sequel be a found footage movie or would you just depend- Yeah. Okay.
3: They're making one about the moon too. So maybe they can maybe they will all tie in. All right. okay. Cloverfield in L.A., right? Isn't that what Battle for L.A. is, though?
2: You look... I, like, I like Kelly's Choice because I, I saw Cloverfield again recently, and I've seen it three times, I think, and I like it every time. I like it a little bit more every time.
3: I The thing that people always gripe about, like Steve Bellman was complaining, like, yo, these characters suck. It's like, that's the point. There's characters that suck. He's a terrible cameraman, and his name's Hud. It's well, what you be, see is a terrible camera but right. <laughs> well, once you terrible. see past
2: the idea that he, that my first objection to Cloverfield was at some point he's going to put down the camera and 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 the conceit wears on me uh, in multiple viewings though i get I get more and more removed from that objection i just I just like so much the way the film builds its tension mm-hmm. and and i like i like. These dopey characters more with each successive viewing. I'm able to to look past the uh, introductory party and not worry so much about it, and like the way the build the
1: the film builds its tension. So I like this choice. Kelly Wanda, I have a suggestion for your Cloverfield sequel. Instead of being yeah. found footage where there's a guy running around with a camera, it should all take place in a condo with security cameras installed. <laughs> And while Cloverfield lays siege to the condo, we just have the footage cut, you know, from different cameras, from the security cameras. Are are you with me on that?
3: Yeah. Well, they should have a camera with them, and they go out on the roof to take a picture of Cloverfield.
1: Ah, right. Like in Skyline. Good. Can can it be an awesome dog? There can, and the dog will be named Abby. Absolutely. Right.
3: Did I'm you guys see Cleavage Field?
1: Can't say as I did. Oh, <laughs> so good. Is, is that? I don't even want to know what that is. Uh, do, I, do I want found, to know what that is, Kelly Wand? It's found footage uh, of women's cleavage, right?
3: It's not as good as the book or the field. <laughs> All right, that's my number two.
2: All, All right,
1: Diggis, what is your number two?
3: Uh,
2: my number two, um, here's a little bit of dialogue from my number two. Okay. We oops. Go. There's no oops here. Uh, you're, you are like me. We can both get hurt. I'm just an ordinary man. No, you're not. Why do you keep saying that? Rocky three, Superman final
3: fight. Uh, things that are green. <laughs> Pass. Uh, Tom's episode of nine hundred two one zero. The movie.
1: <laughs> I haven't uh, seen it. Whatever it is, I don't. I don't recognize those lines. This is actually a little bit
2: related to Tom's last choice, The Incredibles, and uh, I'm embarrassed to
1: say that. Are you going to say I'm, unbreakable? Don't say unbreakable. I'm gonna say Unbreakable, yeah. For uh, sake, Dingus is wanting uh, M Night Shyamalian to keep wreaking havoc.
3: Yeah, you know what? Ten years ago, I would have agreed with Dingus, but now I don't want. I don't want M Night Shyamalan anywhere near Unbreakable or A Camera.
2: Well, I well, part of the thing I started with is I wonder if I can stipulate that he not be involved. <laughs> That's a good point. That's actually uh, yeah. But given that, I think that this is his best film, and he did a. He did a good job on it. Um, maybe there's something there that if he could focus back on this material, which I think is a wonderful origin story, in in a great tradition of those things, um, maybe he could get away with it. But I just i I got to see this movie not having not knowing anything about it, not knowing what I was in for, and I love the way it unfolds and how slowly it unfolds and and the feeling at the end that i had was oh well now now we're at the beginning and we can get to the good stuff i mean the whole movie is full of good stuff but but i got so excited at the end when i when i got to the point of oh this is what the movie is about and now we get
1: to see what this character becomes and like, that, like like robin happened. hood it's like robin hood the ridley sky robin hood yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> right
3: well, yeah, it's oh. the three days earlier
2: as a movie
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: but it's not a
2: prequel it's it's the movie it's it's- it's kind of the uh the good example of not not making the movie, and then we're going to be lazy and make the prequel I, I like the bold move of of making this particular movie where it's it's slow and it's discovery it's it's character based and, and then there's the promise of wh- where it could go from here is, is so exciting to me. It's kind of like what Tom was saying about Jack Jack. And I, I like the idea of, well, what, what's this guy gonna become now? What's gonna happen to his family? Uh, I, I really had such a great feeling at the end of this, and then we get, you know, the happening instead. Um, mm. I, I just wonder what happened. I, I, I think part of it is that, <laughs> uh, it. It went over like a lead balloon, didn't it? I mean, it didn't do any business, and so it, it never had any hope of of uh, of being a sequel. But but I think that the way the story develops
1: and the way the character develops, it clearly deserves one, at least from my point of view. Well, here's here's my question, you, Dingus. So I, I don't remember, but Unbreakable didn't make that much of an impression on me because I'm not a like a comic book guy, and the whole, the whole superhero thing doesn't really do much for me. But w- wasn't the point of Unbreakable... Not so much about superheroes, but about this weird thing happening to a guy, and he discovers that he is a superhero. So that once he's discovered that, it, it, hasn't it kind of just become a conventional movie like any other superhero movie? Like, doesn't it lose its essence once Bruce Willis discovers what he discovers? And I could be wrong about that, but that would be my... And mine his, his arch
3: nemesis is behind bars at the end, too. So you've taken away his raison d'etrelle.
1: And, well, yeah, just my reservation is that what made Unbreakable special, you know, as not just another superhero movie, is that you didn't know that's what you're watching. And so in a sequel, you would necessarily know that. And isn't that a big pitfall for continuing with these characters?
2: In a way, it is. But I think that because of the way this world is constructed, you get the opportunity for him to discover. Who else is in this world? Is there anybody else? And the filmmaker has to make these decisions. But he, he has to decide what he's going to make of his life now, what's going to happen to his family, those things that, that a guy bit by a spider has to choose and become comic booky. And I think there's an opportunity to make it more real. Like, there's a, there's a television series on right now called No Ordinary Family that, that sort of treats this in a comic way. But it's it's very much in that tradition of something some some event happens to us and now we have powers you know, like the Fantastic Four.
1: kind think aren't you really in luck? Like for your number three, you can just watch Firefly. You don't need a sequel. For your number That's two, can't point. can't you just watch Heroes or read comics? I don't know what <laughs> I never watched Heroes and I don't read comics.
2: Uh, but I like I like the idea that that he can continue to explore what his limitations are and what he's going to do with them in a more human way than a guy slinging from a web, which is something I like too. But this, this sort of scratches a different edge. It's a, it's a guy who's a dad and what's he going to do. And, and I like the way i like Bruce Willis in this. I like how, how earnest he is and, and, and how he's discovering things about himself and that this has been probably his whole life. It's not like an event happened to him. and, and what this means for him. And are there other people in the world like this or not? And, and there's a lot of traps that the filmmaker could fall into. And I think you're right, Tom, to, to raise that objection, doesn't this just become another superhero film? But that's why I think a sequel could be great for this, because it could avoid those traps the way the first film does.
1: I'm, I'm just going to preempt the people in this thread who are going to tell you, because I, I'll just tell you this now, I think you need to watch Heroes. I've never seen Heroes either. I haven't either, but I'm pretty sure that's what Heroes is about. Like Heroes, is- I tried
2: to watch one episode and it was horrible. horrible. What Kelly said. Yeah, because my wife watched it and I tried a couple of times and it was just oh, violent.
1: well, you didn't say it had to be good.
2: It made Lost look like <laughs> Firefly. <laughs> wait, what? Right.
1: Unbreak what? What did he say?
3: I agree with Dingus though, because I like I like Bruce Willis's character in that, and he he transcended a lot of potentially dumb. Questions that would arise, like why would he be so unobservant for decades, like he wouldn't notice that he's never gotten sick, he wouldn't like is that one of his other vulnerabilities
1: his- is he dumb?
3: <laughs> yeah, is he too dumb to notice that he never gets hurt? I mean that's he's, he's
1: vulnerable to water and he's not very bright,
3: yeah, but he never noticed that he never noticed he wasn't bright,
2: but i like I like the way that's revealed in the in the sort of way life goes sort of washes over you where he where he asks have do you remember me getting sick this year at all? And and it, and when I think about, like, the last time I had a cold, I can't say what month I had a cold. Or, or you know, ah. when, you're, when you're raising a kid and you're dealing with all the things the kid deals with, that sort of is all woven into how you think of what's going on with you. When my kid gets sick, I think of the time when, when he was sick. My You know, I don't think of myself anymore. And so he's asking, Do you remember me being sick this year at all? And I love that. I love the way that's that's that memory kind of starts to thread
1: out. Dinkus, how many cans of paint can you bench press? <laughs> that's a good scene. I'm just fine. thinking. I'm just thinking. Dinkus should look into that. If he can't remember when he last got.
3: Dinkus, what happens when you go into a swimming pool? Do you drown <laughs> and flail around like a dumbass? <laughs> You I do that without, your- I don't
2: have to be in a swimming pool.
3: to do that. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I do.
4: <laughs>
2: um,
3: but you know, Bruce Willis, okay, if he, that movie's 10 years old, so if they made a sequel now, he'd be 10 years older, so wouldn't that be out of character, like when that
1: angel guy got all doughy? No, no I think they, just, could, uh, they could just reboot it with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and they could have the guy who did 500 Days of Summer direct it, and we're fine.
3: They could reboot head with that Kramer guy from Seinfeld.
1: <laughs> oh, guys. That's my 3x3, three by, three, by the way. Awesome yeah. uh, reboots you'd like to see. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Films that deserve a reboot. All right, my number one. Now, I, I forgot if this is cleared or not, Dingus. I hope I'm not breaking the rules. Can these be sequels It deserve sequels? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, say, I'll answer for Dingus. Okay, okay, because this is a sequel. A, yeah, okay. this movie already got a sequel, and I just think it needs another one. I, I it has my blessing for as many as it wants. Uh, both, yeah, all right, please. Uh, both of the, both of the movies made my top ten list that year. I'm, I'm such a sucker for these things. And the funny thing is, everybody thinks they suck. Most people don't know any better, and I saw. No, it's Charlie's Angels. Uh, I, I just, uh, I'm a huge Charlie's Angels fan, and I just think they're, they're so spirited, and I love the cast, and uh, I just wish that they'd kept on with those and that people hadn't been such naysayers. Um,
3: so I'd like the to second one them. didn't make money? Uh,
1: it didn't problem. do as well, no. Hmm. That's the
3: good one, to me.
1: I think they're both good. I mean, to me, it's like watching the Lord of the Rings movies in that they're all part of the same whole. Um, to me, it's like watching the Lord of the Rings
2: movie. It
1: is. There's no distinction when I sit down. I have, there's really no distinction in my head between, between Fellowship of the Rings and Two Towers and Return of the King.
3: Similarly, and oh angels. okay, okay. I
1: similarly, except for the fact that Bill Murray goes missing, there's no distinction to me between Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle.
3: It would be <laughs> Bosley in your hypothetical third movie. Bill that Murray would They
1: would throw money at him until he agreed really? to come back. Yes,
3: yes. I think are he they
1: left... both are they both McGee? You betcha. They're both they're both
3: Tom's favorite director.
1: <laughs> well, until I saw the Terminator thing, but yeah, they're both man it McG. faster. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Kelly, one
3: um, what?
1: Who's your favorite Angel? Cameron. Okay, Dingus. What about you? Then Dingus, you can have Drew Barrymore.
3: Drew Barrymore's all right. Lucy Liu doesn't do it for me. She's like <laughs> romance Kelly. Who? Kelly Who is, like, 53 years old, and she looks teenage, still. It's weird.
1: Kelly Who does look fantastic. I saw her in a horrible movie where she plays, like, an assassin recently. And, uh, yes.
3: Which one? Wait, I want to see it.
1: Oh, what was it, it called? It's a bunch of people trapped in, like, the basement of the Pentagon, one of whom is Zach Galifianakis, by the way. Uh, what? And they all have to kill each other. <laughs> it's terrible. One of. Bullshit. People, uh, I think Jason, Jason Bateman is one of them. Uh, it's what just, is the
3: name of this movie?
1: I can't remember. It's an incredibly unlikely cast. Uh, Kelly
3: Who and Zach Galifianakis. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, wait
2: a minute. Somebody was Start talking in the to panic. me. It's not Project Endgame or yes. Operation. Yes, it's something like that. Absolutely. Yeah, somebody was telling me about that today that they, got, they
1: accidentally started watching that. Oh, it's terrible, but it's one of those things where you, I, cannot, I I just am astonished at the cast they have in this movie. Kelly, you want to look it up and give us the names of people? In-
3: I can't even. Right, you sold me. Jason Bateman, <laughs> Kelly Who, and uh, Zach
1: Galifianakis. Yeah. Trap in the Pentagon. <laughs> no. Is it Jason Bateman though? I could be mistaking that. Maybe. Uh
3: why haven't I seen it already is the big question.
1: It's it horrible like well, because it's horrible. You, you probably- it sounds
3: like something I pitch baked to you <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> it actually is a okay.
1: <laughs> mm. uh, so. Appreciate
3: game. Interesting. Right. IMDB gives it two and a half stars. Oh um,
1: Rob Cordry. Ellen Barkin. Yes, Ellen Barkin is looking, it looks really smoking. She has a combat scene with a flaming torch where she fights people with a torch (laughs) on fire. She's awesome. Emily DeRaven's in it. Oh, yes, that's right.
3: Jeffrey Tambor. Bob That's
1: right, Jeffrey Tambor. Oh, my head's exploding.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. All right. I will definitely check out Operation Endgame, which I believe is what you want. Is (laughs) Kelly Who Dude in it?
1: Uh, no, she's not. Uh, what about Ellen Barkin? There's no nudity. It's a, it's, if it. it you know, I don't know what it's rated are. There might be some blood. When you uh, say L- no
3: nudity, what do you mean, Bing Rames? Here's,
1: here's the deal. <laughs> Bing Rames strips down, does full Monty, of course.
3: <laughs> uh, does no. he have across his butt crack? Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> here's the thing, Kelly Wand. I think, like, Ellen Barkin and Kelly Who are just both just so incredibly sexy, they don't have to be nude. So what do you think of that?
3: Well, why not have him nude? Let's be the judge of that.
2: <laughs> a little mystery is nice. Yeah, yeah. But
3: by little mystery, I assume you mean a landing strip.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, whose turn is it? It's yours. What's your want <laughs> a list? list something it deserves a remake. Kelly Wan. number one. Wait, mm-hmm. don't I have to go first? No, no. Uh, no. no, you're last, Angus, because it's your uh, it's your topic.
3: A Brazilian's also mystery if. They're clenched. All right, my number one is uh, Mac and Me. Did you hmm. guys see that? Is
1: that an alien?
3: Yeah, good. And Ronald yeah, like McDonald's so. in it. It's like an alien, and there's like a kid in a wheelchair, and um, he gives them like McDonald's shakes and Coke. No, it's
1: Coke's. It's, so like, it's like E.T., he's... but they replaced Reese's Pieces with McDonald's? right. And
3: it heals him, because Reese's Pieces didn't heal E.T. It made him sick, actually, if you think about it. And <laughs> <So, kind> I'm <of laughs> odd that they would try and sell Reese's Pieces. Like, yeah, E.T.'s e. candy. Remember it used to say that? And I was thinking, yeah, the poison that he ate. Who plays, that they left Thomas. It the dirt.
1: Who plays Henry Thomas in Mac and Me? Some blonde
3: kid. There's some rumor that Nikki Cox is in that movie, but I'm oh. not convinced it's true. As the blonde like boy,
2: kid Maggie Grace? Oh.
3: Grace, why'd you have to distract me? Anyway, uh, yeah, so the Cokes rejuvenate the alien, but then the cops shoot the parent aliens, and uh, everyone dies. But we don't get to see the alien world much. It just looks like some desert they found behind the back lot, so we could see
1: more of it. And that would be in the sequel. It would be exploring Mac's home world. Or Cabin Boy. That'd be... (laughs) You don't seem too attached to this Mac and Me.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I realize now Cloverfield doesn't have an A in it, so it doesn't do my pattern. Actually. Uh, yeah, Mac and Me. I'll stick with that. Right. What do you think of my pitch? Uh,
1: about the the back lot or the desert? Yeah. I haven't seen Mac and Me. So what is it? I, I'm picturing an alien that looks like Alf. Is that correct?
3: Sometimes he's just like a rubber toy that they use. It's one of those, like, Ed Wood movies. Oh, yeah. And he also, um, he can, like, tel- telekinetically operate chainsaws. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think he, he heals the kid at the end, so he does not in the wheelchair and brings him back to life.
1: Are they chased by men with guns or men with walkie-talkies?
3: They get caught because um, a NASA vacuum cleaner sucks them into, like, a vacuum bag. They're tiny? No. They just break the laws of physics. They're, like, they use a special effect to suck them into this tube that they're totally too narrow for. And then they, they survive that, and then they break out of the uh, NASA complex on Earth.
1: Okay, Kelly Wand, let's get down to brass tacks. Who directed Mac <laughs> and me? Oh, God. Who didn't direct Mac and Me?
3: <laughs> well, Alan Smithy was sick that week, so it was uh, Stuart Raffill. Ah, Chris Shabbersoul's yes. in it. Wasn't huh. she your favorite action? Uh, I
1: don't think I know who that so. is. Huh. All right, so a Mac and Me sequel. Uh, uh, I hope you get
3: He them. also directed uh, Grizzly Falls and Tammy and the T-Rex. And Survival Island with Kelly Brook. Ah, oh. The same guy who made Survival Island did Mac and Me? Dude. How about that? All right. I haven't been this freaked out since you told me the cast for Operation Endgame. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so Mac and Me, uh, Kelly Wan's number one choice of a movie that deserves a sequel. Dingus, let's see you top that.
3: He also directed Ice Pirates. And Mannequin on the Move. i have ever seen. And <laughs> Experiment.
1: That's quite a body of work.
3: Just saying. Kelly Brooke. Just saying. Nude.
2: Just saying. Just saying. Oops.
1: All right, am I up for my number one now? Take it away, Dingus. What do you got for us? The, the I quote for most you. deserving of a sequel. Let's have a quote.
2: All right here you go. All right. I'll torture you so slowly you'll think it's a career. Hmm.
1: Oh, good lord. Dingus is doing Hannibal. What? Isn't that from Hannibal? <laughs> no. It That's is not trying. how Hannibal talks. I don't know what Tom's talking about. I, that was, that was Dingus' attempt at an Anthony Hopkins impression, I'm pretty sure. Do it again, Dingus. Listen for it, Kelly Wand. You'll hear him trying right. to... right. I'll
3: is shut it, my it, eyes this time. Do
1: the line again. I'll torture you so slowly, you'll think it's a career. Mm, oh, you I'll know what? It's probably next. one of those Tom Clancy movies with Sean Bean as, like, an Irish terrorist.
3: I thought that was Matthew McConaughey. He was doing so. It's either Tropic Thunder or that uh, desert one. Sahara. Saudi Sahara. Cruz all right uh-huh. Tell me the name.
1: <laughs> dingus. I don't know. Have, have I seen it, Dingus? It's a Korean. Uh, yeah. Probably
2: not. You don't like movies about this subject.
1: Why don't you tell us what accent that was? That might it
2: was. Happen. I wasn't really doing the accent. It was a. It was uh, a British accent, but I wasn't really <laughs> doing it. Please. Korea. That's
3: Dingus' British
1: accent. Huh. I don't know. Is it Avatar?
3: It is
2: not Avatar, but thanks for guessing. All right. I give Why up. Did... It is another Bruce Willis movie, and this happened by accident, actually. I didn't mean to choose two Bruce
3: Oh, Willis. no. All
1: You're not did not do Hudson Hawk, did you?
3: Oh, yes, I did. You are ready to
1: come out my nose? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's a good choice. I think Dingus is a genius. Yeah, it might be a good choice. Good work. Explain yourself.
2: Um, This film has my favorite, one of my favorite sequences ever. Um, Based on one of my favorite premises ever, that uh, two guys are cat burglars, and the way they time their heists is by choosing old standards and singing them while they're doing their different things. (laughs) Like for
3: less. (laughs)
2: <laughs> right uh, and it introduced me to a song i now absolutely love called swingin on swing on a swing on a star and uh i love that i i can't get over how great that that whole sequence is when they're singing that and pulling off the first heist and I love the way this. I like this character. I I really like the, this cat burglar. And and most people hated this movie because it was seen as a vanity project, and people couldn't stand Bruce Willis at the time for some reason. But um, but the the sensibility of this film is fantastic. It's this great over the top. Uh, and has two well one at least one awesome villain and another pretty good villain and and the, the the line I was giving was from Richard E. Grant, and I wasn't doing him justice at all because oh. he is just fantastic in this movie. he is just perfect for what what this movie is going for, and so you'd have to find uh, another villain a- along those lines who could who would really carry it over. why can't he but come back
3: that's the worst Richard E Grant impression I've ever heard.
2: <laughs> I agree. I agree. But uh, I don't think he can be done justice outside of maybe if uh, you catch Tom and I on an open mic doing with Nell and I some night. I
1: well wait, but uh, Richard E. Grant isn't dead. Why so, can't he be in the sequel?
2: So Tuesday through Friday, you mean? But I don't know I don't know that I don't remember I, it's been a long time since I saw this, so I can't say that he didn't blow up during the movie.
1: Oh oh yeah. Okay. Mm. He could he could come back and play his brother. Is that yeah, like
2: There's no reason why he couldn't. Uh, James Coburn is. Danny Aiello
3: survives the car explosion.
1: Can can we replace Andy McDowell with Maggie Gyllenhaal?
2: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we can replace her with whomever we like. Um, You mean Maggie Grace?
1: Mm, But Michael
2: Lehman directed this, and he had done Heather's. Um, oh and had uh, done it with a guy who also wrote Heathers, and they wrote two, I think really smart films with different feel to them and and there was sort of a great promise in in what he could do, and then he went off and did something crappy i don 't really remember what, but I remember being so excited about this movie and enjoying it so much and being disappointed at the backlash because everybody just thought Bruce Willis was being vain in doing it. Um, but I thought he was great in in a, in a way that's totally different from the way he plays Unbreakable. Of course, he's 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 this smirking kind of dude, which he does very well. And the and the musical numbers that he does with Danny Danny Aiello, I think, are just precious. And uh, it's this this movie is one of those. Uh, one of those guilty pleasures of mine, and to, to see us return to that universe with this cat burglar and, and see what else goes on. Uh, I don't think his age would be any bar at this point. And uh have more, I, I just love the way this, this this the world of this movie, I could return to it. Well, so Dingus, Isn't it, you with your know, number
1: three, you can just watch Firefly. With your number two, you can watch Heroes. With your number one, Hudson Hill Don't Pop, say red. That's what I was going to say. That's exactly Ugh. what I was going to say. Just watch what? Rent. <laughs> okay. Bruce Willis, and he's doing capers. <laughs> mm. So
3: for one of them, you go see another movie, while well, as the other two.
1: You okay. have to watch TV.
3: Uh, dingus, uh, does Hudson Hawk open with, is uh, it open in the Renaissance with Leonardo da Well,
1: Vinci it, isn't it, yeah, isn't that the big, like, the MacGuffin? That's the MacGuffin, some, right? Some Leonardo da Vinci invention or something, isn't it?
3: That's what I knew it was a good movie, like instantly. Like,
1: oh, here's a better movie.
3: People are wrong. This movie's great.
1: <laughs> I know a better movie with a Leonardo da Vinci invention. Young Sherlock Holmes. Doesn't he, invention? Doesn't he, like, uh, use the, the Leonardo da Vinci glider or whatever to escape from the top of Trafalgar Dome or whatever? I don't know. You guys don't remember? Okay, in that case, he uses the Leonardo da Vinci airplane <laughs> to escape from the Trafalgar Dome in London. But Hudson Hawk, he has to find a bunch of
2: different... He has to find the Codex, and doesn't he have to find... Oh, good lord, a multi-level quest. Yeah. And it's about, it's about world domination, which is uh, which is a great thing for this uh, goofy kind of movie to be about.
1: And Dingus, you seem to have been... Uh, I, I believe you just desmirched Sandra Bernhardt. You said it had one great villain and one not-so-great villain. I, I thought the two of them together were just delightfully yeah. like weird and icky. Uh, they were. Economy, they were. Oh, I didn't up. say she was.
2: I didn't mean to say she was not so great. I mean that uh, Richard E. Grant is on a different level, and okay. she's
1: she's good too, and she's a good compliment to him. But he's just very special. Right, Kelly, Wand, to watch this? Kelly, check this out. Kelly, want? Hey, Dingus, what about what's his name? What about him? Why don't you give him a call? <laughs>
2: oh, I can't do it, Tom. Don't do this to me. <laughs>
1: Kelly, I was going to do uh, scenes from, uh, with Nail and I with Dingus, but he's not up to it. Uh, he's, he's not off book yet.
3: Why is he being such a pussy? We're, on, we're recording.
1: From. I know, he just hasn't learned his lines. Yeah.
3: I thought actors like to parade their talents for the audience.
1: Dingus like prefers that. improv.
2: Yeah, I'm much more of an improvisational. <laughs> I'm miming. I like a lot of miming.
1: Uh, I mm. seem to recall, Dingus, that in, uh, in Richard E. Grant's biography, he, he has some amusing anecdotes about doing Hudson Hawk. Uh, I don't think he pulled it. No.
3: I want to talk to Bruce Willis and s- tell him it's fine. But Spielberg regrets Temple of Doom, too. So, it's sad. Does Lucas regret... Uh, how Lucas is- never regrets. Lucas is like George Bush. <laughs> Very nice.
1: <laughs> so, okay, your number one dingus, Howard the Duck. Okay. Ooh,
3: uh, good one. <laughs> Lucas doesn't even regret that.
1: All right, so there you go. There are uh, three wow. that deserve sequels. Now, now I'm going to show you how to bunt, Dingus. You want to bunt a topic? Make it Runners a, Up. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. I didn't have any. So did you guys have any Runners Up? But you know what? Yeah. I kind of had, this isn't a Runners Up, because I, I thought about it, and then I thought, no, it doesn't work. But I was thinking of of uh, Brick, you know, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and that world that Ryan Johnson created in Brick as sort of a... a a, you could on recapture that. Well, here's what you can't like you you those old film noir movies, you know, with uh, Sam Ham Sam Spade and Dashiell Hammett. Like there there were there were series about these these hard boiled detectives. Right. And I was thinking you could do that with Joseph Gordon Levitt's character in Brick, but the character arc about his connection to the dead girl, I, I think, makes the movie special and sort of elevates it above a, a standard detective story. Like he's involved in the events in the world in a way that you can't recreate that again. Uh, So there's a certain lightning in a bottle quality to the the plot of Brick uh, that even though I really like the character, I really like the world, I I don't think I do want a sequel. So I thought about that for a runner-up and changed my mind.
2: But what makes it interesting is that unlike Sam Spade, um, his character would have to be moving beyond high school.
1: See, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, Brick in college, like that, just sounds so mm. so precious. <laughs> like I'm like, as a pitch, Dingus, doesn't that just kind of make you cringe? Hey, Brick, he's but in, in college, a
3: modernist decade, he's <laughs> gone from the 50s to the 70s.
1: But it's like you know Beverly Hills 90210, but they're in college. Like that just mm. that just makes me cringe, Dingus. That I don't
2: know. It's a yeah, a little bit, but but the idea that the filmmaker might. My Where you don't do this with those other characters you mentioned, because they're pretty much... Ah, all right, right. Right. This, this is a chance to, to do that series of films where the character is changing. Because we started with him... Put
1: him in a different adolescence. world. essence
2: Yeah. 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 Mm. Right, well, well you're, maybe... You're right about the lightning in the bottle thing, but it is interesting to look at it sort of as what the character might go to.
1: All right, well, Dingus, give me a two-page treatment uh, within the week, and we'll see right. if we can get that green-lighted. I'll get right on it. Uh... That.
3: That's not a word. Uh, first off, I had it's the end of the trilogy of the Three Men and a Baby series. It's three old men and a middle-aged cougar. So it's <laughs> like they're all old, but they're older. And also uh, a Porky's prequel, but it's set in the 1890s. So, like, oh, it's wrist. What?
4: <laughs> oh, I
3: saw her ankle.
4: Ah, good, good. Okay, <laughs> okay so It's cover.
3: a G rated sex comedy. You could you could fuck with the MPAA. Good, good. Take that MPAA.
1: Dingus, do you have any runners up?
3: Also I've last couple Boy scout.
1: The penultimate so Boy Scout? It would have to be <laughs> a big one.
3: The seriously last Boy Scout.
2: <laughs> we mean it this, this time.
3: time. Yeah. For
2: reals. <laughs> Two. <laughs> I've got a couple I'm interested in hearing what you what you think, Tom. Uh, first of all, Constantine. No. Ugh.
1: no is that because Constantine ridiculous. is about a guy who, who gets cancer and gets over it? Like, that's the character arc, and it's done. And you cannot possibly – I was thinking about this, actually, when we watched – no spoilers – but when we watched Faster, I was thinking, how cool would it be if at the end of Faster these three characters just come together and talk? Which is a kiss. And it, and it resolves that way, because that's how Constantine resolves, the a conversation, not right. people punching each other. And I, I don't, I, I just, that again, lightning in a bottle quality. He just can't, he's gotten rid of his cancer, he's tricked Satan. Uh, you, you know, there's that whole scene with Peter Stromari and Tilda Swinton, and they, they work it out between themselves. So, because I thought about that, but I, I would put the kibosh on that thing. It's, I'm going to red light your project for
2: Constantine. Okay, I think you're, you're right. I think red you're right light. to do so. But, but the end of... It sort of feels like now we're ready for ass-kicking. Um, but
1: At the end of Constantine? Yeah. See, for me, ass-kicking is one of the least interesting things you can do when you have really cool characters.
2: Yeah, know? I agree. And, and that's, that's one of the problems with my unbreakable idea. Uh, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. so uh, three, but they're <laughs> old now. So how about District 9? Mm, I don't know
3: mm. Lightning in a bottle well, is that well, happening I, is there anything I, just, the
2: I have no idea, okay. but um I'm so enamored of the relationships in that movie and the whole three years thing right and and what what where you can pick up the thread and what could have happened to our world or that world in those three years and where where you go with it because i I loved that. I love the way he did that so much, and I love those characters so much and the way their relationships developed, uh, that I almost don't want to mess with it. I kind of like that it's something that's just out there. But I also want to know what happens in three years.
1: See, and I think here's the mistake where people talk about sequels, is sometimes a movie wants to haunt you by leaving you with to, to consider the possibilities. Uh, and I think that's what's going on with what happens to What's the character's name Too, He's got such a great... Name. Wickus? Wickus. Wickus. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's what's going on with Wickus is we are haunted by the, by, uh, you know, his final fate and wondering, you know, how does he feel, uh, you know, how does he, th- how much does he remember, you know, what is it like him in that junkyard thinking of his wife or, or whatever, like, being haunted by the possibilities of that. I think are more important than finding out what actually happens. And I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Dingus, because it reminds me. I, I recently watched the 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And there's a great sequence in the end of that, where the pod people have taken over and everybody's emotionless and they're going about their routine, and Donald Sutherland, uh, you think he's faking it, and he's sort of blending in amongst these people. And it's it's there there are a few scenes of him pretending to be emotionless and going to work and, and not letting on, you know, that he's not a pod person. And it created, and I, I wondered, wow, you know, you can make a whole movie about that, about you know what is it like in a world without emotion where you've got to go through and hide your emotions and be disguised and not be taken over uh, and rather than actually explore that world, I just liked having to ponder it and the possibilities of it uh, so you mentioning wiki made me think of that so no i I wouldn't I, I you know if somebody has a great idea, yeah, do it, but for the most part I'm like no don't don't tell me exactly what's going on there because I'd rather wonder about it
2: well when you when you said that 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 made me think of uh of let the right one in.
1: Ah, yeah. Um, well, good. Good, ah, good yeah.
2: sequel. Kelly <laughs> was fired. I, <laughs> and I don't want. I just want to be haunted by that. Yep. Just, just let my not even not even actively let my imagination go there. Just imagine, uh, in a passive way, just open. Yeah. There they go. Maybe deeper, deeper blue sea. <laughs> as a kid, I was always curious about how Blade Runner would be visited as a sequel, but at this point in my life, I don't... I wouldn't ever want that to happen.
1: Well, but we know. They go off in the woods, and their incept dates... Ca- oh, wait, no. Yeah, don't their, don't their, like, exploration dates kick in, and they die in the woods, or I forget.
2: Whatever. But I imagined writing a script where, where... She's different. Where somehow they could have a baby. It was an awful,
1: Son of Blade Runner? <laughs>
2: yes, exactly. <laughs> an awful, blade oh, uh, kind of a thing. It was terrible. <laughs> that's was terrible. disgusting. <laughs> anyway. So it's like um, Demon Sea. And along the lines of Brick, the, the last one I've said, and I, I've said far too many runners-up, but the, along the lines of Brick, I, I really like the character in, in Zero Effect, and I can imagine ah. a, a series of, of that guy. And I love Bill Pullman. I could imagine uh, cruising along with him for a couple of films.
1: Well, and, and I'm uh, in a post-Greenberg world. I would love a, a more Ben Stiller and Bill Pullman. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right.
3: Dumb and dumber-er. dumber <laughs> I'm,
1: Dumb sure. Rest. I'm mm. pretty sure that's actually been done, Kelly Wand. <sighs> All right, I'm going to show you guys how to punt. Here we go. This is the way to not think. This is actually one that I'm sure you guys have thought up, and I'm just going to go ahead and scoop you for it now. And she was already mentioned tonight, uh, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to take her off the table. We can't use Mm -hmm. her. She's the inspiration for this, and I know you guys, as soon as I say it, you're going to think of her, but we can't bring her up. She's off the table. No Mm -hmm. using Abby for your choice of awesomest movie pets. (sighs) That's right. so Paranormal Activities Abby, off the table She's the, she inspired this I want to know what your three awesomest movie pets are things to look out for now you can do whatever you like with this but things to look out for remember they're pets so it, they're, they're mm. partly defined by their relationship to a human being you can't pick like Jaws or whatever uh, <laughs> uh,
3: but King Kong was owned by the blonde no. goat
1: King Kong is not a pet uh, now things to look out for too are I, I, like like Abby, there's there's like, a, you get a sense that they've managed to get a great animal performance out of Abby. Like, Abby seemed so concerned at parts in that movie. Uh, she seemed like such a smart, emotive dog, so that's part of what I want you to look for. Uh, dog, animal performances, not necessarily dogs, of course. You can do what you want with this, but all I want are just awesomest movie pets.
2: So are you taking Jaws off the table, then? Uh,
1: what's uh, if you, There's that... That fake trailer must love Jaws. So, if you want to look at it that way, I think you could construe that he's a pet in that little fake.
2: YouTube. Oh, you're talking about the character, Brute. Okay. <laughs> Jaws is not about a pet. Not the
3: Shaggy deer? Because there's,
2: uh, there's a pet in Jaws. saying
3: Ah, uh, right, Sean. Oh, and Pippin.
1: Pippin. 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 Bill
3: Ferny. Build a mule.
1: Alright, so no that I don't want to hear any what you're thinking. We'll we'll revisit this uh next week.
3: So Secretariat a pet? Mm,
1: I would say no, Kelly Wan, but that's between you and, and whether or not you can sleep at night. Yeah, if you, what about you're Frankenstein?
2: Gonna to, you're gonna have to see a man about a horse on that one. <laughs>
1: All, All
3: right. Is so, Robert Pattinson a
1: pet? Uh we will be seeing Black Swan <laughs> next week. So join us for uh, Black Swan. Uh and join us for our three most awesome movie pets. Uh, I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by Christian McClansky, I think. Is that right? I think it's...
2: Uh, it's Christian. I'm going to go ahead and reinstate my name. It is Christian Murawsky.
1: I'm going to get it. I, McC- McCrosky. Okay, Christian McCrosky.
2: I'll get it right. <laughs> You'll be off book for that soon.
1: <laughs> and uh, also Kelly Wand.
3: Black Swan seems like a good pet.
1: At first
3: I was
0: afraid I was petrified I kept thinking I could never live without you by my side But then I spent so many nights just thinking how you had done me wrong, I grew strong I learned how to get along and so you're back from outer space I just walked in to find you here without that look upon your I should have changed my fucking lock. I would have made you leave your key if I'd have known for just one second, you'd be back to bother me, oh now go, no. walk out the door, just turn around, now you're not welcome anymore, weren't you the one who tried to break me with the
3: This podcast was not a toy. Please have listened responsibly.